Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Are we starting 30 minutes early? We always do. Oh, the intro. We technically always do. Not 30 minutes, but usually. Yeah, you usually pretty close, yeah. How do you like that? Well, we we technically always do. <laughs> I don't sound like that. I don't sound like that. You're we technically always I don't sound like that, dude. You're correct. You don't. God. But I can't make I'm fun not of you that talking nerdy, normal. dude. <laughs> I'm not that nerdy, am You're I? You're not nerdy. Okay. <laughs> God, dude, that was super. That made me self conscious the way you just did that. Yeah, Larry. It just doesn't God. take much. <laughs> What's up, duders? <laughs> duders. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I was going to say, we, we can't. I can't t- test you guys on the word duders anymore. We have uh, already I done know. it, right? Yeah. The you, Big Lebowski. You've worn us out. Okay, listen. Um,. <laughs> You're being you're being mean he, today. He, acts, he is. He acts, no, he acts like we haven't seen each other all week. Oh, oh we haven't. Yeah, we have. I seen you for on, five oh, this seconds. Week, yeah. I was here for both services on Sunday. Yeah, I'm always in the back, and now, I saw yeah. you for five seconds. I'm in the back half of the time now. You came out just in time for me to talk to a new couple that I met last week. I talked to them, and then she goes, "What's your hobby?" Yeah. Who was that? She was in the she was in the back watching me for that whole service. I was like, well, that doesn't seem like something a new person would do. Oh, oh. What were you doing in the back? What? No, he's I'm a director. I'm a director two half the time now. Who was in oh, the back? Oh, so with you're you? like camera three? Oh no no no! I'm like a, directing, uh, directing. So like, there's like, like a wall technical of technical director. Yeah, there's like a wall of TVs and stuff, right. and I'm at, and we have like five cameras operators. Right. So you call yeah. the cameras, and mm-hmm. somebody switches. No, yeah. I switch. You switch. Yeah. Very so cool. sometimes they have because it's all volunteer positions. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, well, actually, only one time ever have mm-hmm. I had someone switching for me. Mm. But most of the time, I'm switching myself. I'm oh. saying, like, ready, camera three, three go three, three right? ready, two, or two, go over here and look oh, at yeah. this, or this guy's doing this, and get this shot, get that, you know, and then I'm just switching the whole time. Did did years of working for directors. I remember the very first time I got my lesson. It was the Oklahoma City bombing, and it was a live shot. Whoa. Yeah, a live shot for extra, and it was a baby face guy. That used to work for court TV and he came up to me and he goes, okay, Mark. So when I get to this part in my dialogue, I want you to rack focus, zoom over my shoulder into the building, right? That spot right up there. That's where some guy was trapped, you know? And then when I get to this part, I want dialogue. I want you to pull back, put me back in focus for the tag. And I'm like, Hmm, never heard of that. Okay. I had a rack, uh, a camera operator taught me rack focus, rack focus recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay. So, um, I think that was my first live shot. And <laughs> so the director's in my ear and, and so the guy's live on TV talking about the, the Murrow building and I go off and start rack focusing the back and they, director just explodes in my ear and it's like oklahoma city we can what the blankety blank do you think you're doing you blank we can see the blankety blank building yeah. pull out pull out pull out just screaming at me so wow. instead so i finish the move then i do a nice pull out 
put it back. And then right after the live shot, um, my phone rings and I'm like, hello. And it was, his, it was the director. He's like, he was like, why did you do that? <laughs> and I said, well, you the, told me to. the talent. I said, the talent told me before the shot, uh, at this point, he goes, put him on the phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> the guy on the phone. He's like, yes, sir. No, sir. Never again, sir. So that's when I learned wow. that the director was God. Yeah. That was yeah. my lesson. So, and luckily I got to work again <laughs> for and, them. <laughs> in this case, the production that Emily is, is the overseer. She's, mm-hmm. a, she's yelling at me to make sure I'm getting everything right. You know? And she really gives me room to like grow into it because I've never done anything like it. Mm-hmm. So she just kind of lets me kind of creatively grow into it. She doesn't like bark at me to, you yeah, know, you got to, to because yeah. you're already under pressure switching yeah. anyway. You, the last thing you need is somebody yelling at you. The whole yeah, time. it was weird. It was weird. Um, whenever I walked in that room, I knew that was the position that I wanted in because I knew it would it would help us here. I knew so, it would. So you said that lady went to the back. Yeah, yeah, the lady you met um, in church, she was new, and I gathered that, but she was in the back of the whole time, right after we got done the talking. The older lady. Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. I don't. I took it, and she was, like, asking How a bunch of questions. How did she get back there? Um, so Emily was, like, telling her about what's going on. I don't know if she was, like, training to be, like, an online host or something. I don't know. Like, But surely no, you so, would be volunteering So she didn't quick. come back on her own. No, no. Emily took her back there. Yeah, she was, like, supposed to be back okay, there. But okay. I just thought it was weird for a new person to be back there, you know. So... Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about stuff that the listeners are nobody's going to know what we're talking about. And they're like, "Oh, I guess we're I guess we're having secrets of Zach and Larry and Mark's church now." Well, the church did say that they're going to have a new member like for volunteers to help out because Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, El yeah. Reno, now that we're doing El Reno too. Yeah. So, it's probably why they they did have like they did that night yeah. Neat night. I don't want that on me. Oh, but, yeah. That's so what I, I was going to say that. Night. I was going to say that, that like, I'll tell, the, I'll tell you this. In, in case you're close to the Oklahoma City metro area and you're listening to this, um, we would love for you to um, come to our church, first of all. And we need, we're in need of volunteers for many positions because we are growing. We've taken over a church in El Reno now. And I'm just, I have such a good feeling about that is, is in particular, that church in particular, because we're already good here. You know what I mean? We're already, just like you told me the other day, this is an undeniable Holy Spirit ex- experience here mm, at this church. Very much so. And, and I'm excited to see El Reno get that too. And I think with leadership from here going over there, it's undeniable. I think it's just inevitable. That's going to happen. So I'd love for people to come here and experience what I've gotten to experience because I'm a, I was a different guy than what you're seeing right now on camera um, over a little over a year ago. And because of the positions I've put myself in um, at this church is how I've been able to grow. There's still a lot of stuff I got to work through and still personal issues and stuff that I got to work through. But um, I mean, the director position, it's a higher up position mm-hmm. in anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I went in there and the first time I saw Craig doing it, I was like, that's it. And Emily let me run with it. She's like, you and Craig are the only directors now, or the only directors I'm going to let you have. And so we're splitting, me and Craig are splitting time with it now. That's because it takes a, a personality uh, um, type that, uh, that has some psychopathic tendencies. 
that that it would be me. You know, most people would take offense to that, but I'm like, yeah, no, that's no, I me. Mean, I mean, psychopaths, psychopathic tendencies, all independent business. Larry's got them. I've got them. Mm-hmm. You've got them. Most independent business I, owners. I do have psychopathic tendencies. Is that what I consider analism? What uh, no, it's more of command. He's always talking about people comfortable with command. Um, basically, organizers, people that can can uh, see. Yeah, it's because you know. Well, that's because it attra- business owner business attracts people with psychopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Why work for somebody when I can do the kitty myself? I just feel like I don't you know, fit in much of. Like I'll say this: right. I don't feel like I fit in much of anywhere. Even in running my own business, I feel like sometimes I don't have what it takes. Like, I get one person complain and throw a little shade at me, and it'll destroy me for two days. <laughs> I remember what it used to be like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I remember that when I first, when I first went out. Went out not my own. now? You're not like that now? No, now I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. I'll do what I can. Do what I can. I hope I can make, get okay, that okay. way. To make it right. I'll throw this in there. I okay. Know. I don't since I come to the Lord, since I ended up having new uh <clears throat> basically really depend on my business. I used to as a side gig. Colossians five seventeen. Is that the one that says do it as you're doing it unto the Lord? Yeah, if yeah. If you, you do say that, that a lot. then you but remove you, the human factor yes. completely. If you truthfully do the quality that you would do for the Lord, if if that's your focus is I'm just trying to please the Lord in everything that I do, that means I won't cut corners, I won't do it half halfway, I won't back off, I won't I won't accept mediocre. My customer's protected because of my Dedication to doing Agreed. it for the Lord. And, and I think all three of us do our work that way, but I identify with what Zach is saying because, what, you're in your first five years of this business? I mean, first two, yeah. First two. You know, we are what we do as men. And so I, I just remember that period of where, oh, man, you know, any, oh, man, I screwed it up. I'm never going to, I suck. I stink. Yeah, yeah. In fact, for me, it was the first 10 years, solid Ugh. 10 years of my business. I God, crucified I myself. With every mistake, you know, that shot wasn't completely in focus. You know, I can't believe I missed that. Do, do you, you grow out of that? Yeah, but, but do I you, like what you said. Larry. Do you think you need to be that way, though? Maybe you do need to be that way. I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I don't feel like I fit in 100% anywhere. It's weird. Like, I feel like I'm such an oddball. Like, I look at myself and how I interact with anybody. Like, I don't have a ton of friends. Like, and even the friends I do have, I, it's almost like I push them away a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Quality, and not quantity. I always just, yeah. I, oh, that's true. That That is true. I agree with that. But, and I just, I don't know, man. I just seem like I'm a little different. And it just, and mm. it's just kind of, kind of annoying. Well, I've you noticed know? you're, you're a little short, but other than that. That's not, no, I'm not. I'm very <laughs> average high. I'm just playing with you. I'm very I'm average very high. very 5'9"-ish. You know? <laughs> My doctor hey, told me I was 5'10", hey, hey, and any, I've been running right, with it. Anytime you're going to pull the scab <laughs> off a womb, I'm going to come along with some salt. Well, yeah, and rub it because in there you're you. one of those tall guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, and you're right. I have annoying. nothing to do with that. Yeah, no. I know. Larry comes up to give you a hug. It's like you better, <clears throat> you better bring a ladder and pack a lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that, when you gave when you gave me a hug in front of that new lady, yeah. she kind of looked at me weird because he gave me like an yeah, extra big like, hug. 
Exactly. And she looked at me kind of weird, and I said, he does that because he knows I'm uncomfortable with affection. Right. And she goes, oh, tiny. <laughs> that was what the extra lingering in the yeah. plane with your hair was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was doing that with my toe. That's not right. I was twisting my toe. Yeah. Every time I pat him on the head, people kind of look at me right. strange. Trying, I don't know. Are you petting that I'm trying kid? to help you grow, boy. I'm trying to help you grow. Man. Yeah, it's just been a it's been a weird experience just being being alive recently cuz I'm I just kind of go like this. And because and we're looking at what's going on in the world right now with like Israel and stuff like that and I'm not trying to be like a like oh the end times tomorrow type of guy but like when you look at have you seen videos of like how sophisticated this war is have you seen any of the videos like yeah. it's actually most of the time I was telling Mark earlier most of the time I can disconnect from things like this that's going on in the world I can disconnect from it just because oh that's not happening to me that's a thousand miles away but then when I watch these videos of the missiles and this Iron Dome in Israel and stuff like that, and to see how sophisticated war has become. Man, that's that's the way I was uh, with Desert, Desert Storm. Did you see the picture of the cruise missile when they put the camera on the front of the cruise missile and they sh- show it going toward this warehouse and this jihadist comes out and opens the door, sees the missile and slams the door and the yeah. missile goes right through the door. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're the king. We're flying missiles through windows yeah. and doors, man. Everybody, that's the problem now is like, we're not the king anymore. Like, we are one of the kings. Like, oh, yeah. we have provided so much. Like, we we gave money. To, I don't want to get banned from whatever we're going to be, but just, we just, gave money just, to... Just, just, just. Drop it. I, uh, yeah, we can't go any further with that. Nope. Yeah, but anyway, it's just it's. I've been it's I've been tough. in a weird spot lately, man. Yeah, I've know, been in a weird spot lately. We follow that down that rabbit hole and because we're gonna find a, we're gonna find a nest of snakes. Yeah. What's the yep. What's right. the deal though? What's the deal? We always talk about the rapture and the end times, mm-hmm. but then stuff that really kind of leads you to believe. That the end times is right around the corner, and we're not talking about it. Why? Well, we're not no, talking about the political not, no, side. Yeah, of it. Yeah. Does it scare you a little bit? Absolutely not. Seriously, first not up, at all. First off, we are doing a study of Revelation. Mark told me that we yeah. are watching it play out in front of us. Yeah, I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm excited. Well, if you read, this is verification of what is written in the Bible and prophesied many, many eons ago. And it's played out right in front Will of you us. Will you do me a favor? With accuracy. Will you do me a favor? Please. Not right now. Not right now. But will you do me a favor? Seriously. And I mean this. I'm being serious. So Mark says you're like in Revelation chapter 12 right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking you to agree with me, but I'm asking when you get to Revelation chapter 16 and Revelation chapter 17, it's 16. And, oh, it might be 17 and 18. Um, and it's about the fall of Babylon, fall of the Babylon, the great John was talking about yeah, the great city. I've heard your, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I know we, you have discussed our, your opinion on that, yes. but I want you to at least read that with my viewpoint in the back of your mind. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been going over it. Yeah. So, so, um, so we sink into the ocean and, and the next thing we know, we get to see Jesus. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that, well, it that says, we are arrogant and we, Americans, think that all the world revolves around us. Yeah. Revelation and, 17 and 18, and sorry. And we are in the opinion that we will be there during the end times. Mm. I don't see that biblically. 
I don't know. What do you think about the feet of uh, uh, the feet of the image um, with Daniel? You well, know, that's in Daniel. Yeah, yeah. You know, now of course the clay and iron could mean that they're at the very end times. There's no dominant world um, empire, but yet the the revelation says you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So, mm-hmm. right. But I mean, that is. But I've heard a lot of people say that that it symbolizes the United so States. So let me explain the, my the view. iron and clay. It's not a symbolization. It- let me explain my viewpoint on Revelation seventeen and eighteen, and why I think that the fall of the great city Babylon is the first thing that happens, and it's just from how I know people are reacting. So what John was talking about is in Revelation chapter seventeen and eighteen, he says um, that that this great city was so powerful, and one of the most shocking points of the thing that he was seeing was that it was destroyed in under one hour. The whole thing was toppled and sunk into the ocean within one hour. Could that not be the fall of Rome? I don't know. Which tumbled, which, but, which burned in one day? Mm-hmm. So, hold on. So, he's talking about an hour being, being destroyed and stuff, that a hundred fire dots found its mark that not a single one missed. Mm-hmm. Not a single one missed. All of them hit. Well, that's another fascinating thing that we talk about. Like, well, if we get nukes in our way, we would just intercept them with our high level, you know. But this is saying that whatever happens, all 100 of them going to hit it. Going to get hit right. They're going to find their mark. And another thing that I noticed was this, the kings of the world were mourning because they won't get to commit adultery with this great city anymore. Nobody who's so going to buy about doing business. Yeah. Who's going to buy our goods, our frankincense, our incense, our well, myrrh, did that with Rome, our too. clothing, you know, or who's going to sing us our songs? Because who, who's, who do we, we sing our, we travel all over to Australia, to Europe, to China, to Korea. Um, all of our talent goes over there and sells these tours, you know, um, says, who's going to, who's going to sing us our songs. Who's going to do all these things. So the reason why I think it's number one is because when the end of the world kicks off, I think things start escalating pretty quickly, and the state of the world will probably be in a place that's less than happy at that point. Maybe surviving, maybe still committing sins and stuff like that, of course still committing sins, but still in a point to where it's not business as usual, right? And what John was talking about, Revelation chapter 17 and 18, was that before these events happened, people were conducting themselves business as usual. Oh, yeah. And so that's why it's just a speculation. There's nothing biblical. It's just something that I sociologically think by how people act, that that's the first thing. Let me read 17.5. 17.5, this title was written on her forehead, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the Mother of Prostitutes, and of the abominations of the earth. Abomination of desolation. I saw that the woman was drunk. This is six. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. So a lot of, um, so a lot of people that have been martyred for Christ has been a result of this great city. Yeah. Epstein Island. we're, We're still trying to make it, a city. Um, it's a spirit, to be honest with you. It's the spirit of Babylon that is upon this country. Generation. And yeah, look, I saw, man, I don't want to go into this, but um, 
I saw several clips from actors. They have recreated the city of Babylon in Hollywood. They worship there. Oh, um, there's a there's a movie coming out. I think I just saw a called Babylon. I think, and they were like glorifying it. Yeah, yeah, making it seem like it was um, like a Babylon was like a good thing or whatever. They're they're doing their best to steer you down that path. I mean, you're either going to stand for Christ or you're going or you're going to fall. Are you scared at all? Are you nervous at all? No, uh, particularly in, I used to be back when I had one foot in the world and one foot kind of in the way I was brought up. So, you know, the Bible says I'd rather be hot or cold than lukewarm. Revelation, and, that's in Revelation too. Yeah. yeah um, I, so that filled me with fear. Because I didn't want to be in the end times. I wanted to do what I, because I had this visualization of, yeah, man, some of the stuff I'm doing, I don't want Jesus to be coming right when that happens. You want your robe to be white. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to be able to have, I want to be able to repent from that later. Just let me get this section of my life over with first. Yeah. And so, you know, but no, I don't have any fear of it now because I, my, I live a cohesive life now. Yeah. I'm not split in two. Like I like I used to be the the spirit battling against like the, I still have questions. So so now you're living with one master. I'm living yeah. with one master. That's right. And, and you're so, understanding the master is uh, the master of your spirit and the master of, of your, your flesh. Body. Exactly. See, like me, I'm and, and, I'm pre you. I'm pre that. Right, and that's the cool thing because then Revelation used to fill me with dread and worry. Now it's really comforting. Because it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he's he's seated at God's right hand, man, and he has all authority and all power, and he's going to come down and rule this place. What concerns me about that, though, is that John warns the people that's living in whatever city woe, this is. Woe to the Yeah, depart from her or you'll share in her woe, or you'll share right, in her so basically, torments. depart from the world. Depart from the world. Fair enough. You can either live in the world. And I heard somebody sum it up really nice for me. I was going on a revelation rant about 20 years ago. And the guy looked at me and he said, Mark, it comes down to this. You don't have to worry about the how or the why of it. There's two teams. Make sure you're on the right one. And I appreciated that. And so that's, I know today I'm on the right team. And uh, whatever happens, you know, what's that verse in Bible? It says, don't worry about what man can do to you. Worry about the one that can throw you Destroy in. both body and soul in Destroy hell. your body and yeah. soul. That's right. That's the one we need to worry about. That's the one I worry about today. Plus, at, at 56, I'm starting to get tired. And you're like, I'm, I'm ready done, for a yeah. dirt nap. You know, I mean, if God doesn't <laughs> come in my life, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take a nap until I see Jesus. Yeah. Know? I want to take as many as I can in the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That's why I'm uh, considered bold yeah, in, in my witness. And um, I'm and that's what I'm trying to work towards is I'm starting to have now more of a heart for the kingdom. And that's where I needed to be all along. But man, all through my youth it was me, me, what about me, mine? That's all I cared about. I'm right there with you. I don't care about you at all. You're just no. in my way. Yeah. I think I, I have an ominous feeling. I do bad. It's Huge. You can ask her. It's been plaguing me the last but few days. But you also have a spirit of fear no, that well, you have not released. Let me, yeah. Well, let me tell you why I think I feel ominous. And it's not because I'm afraid of God coming back. 
and it's not because the circumstances I've been going through. I think it's because God's calling for a massive change in my life. Like Mm -hmm. there was, there was a point in the last year where God was asking me to do a bunch of stuff and it was always, yes, Lord. And that's not that way right now. And God's escalating like he always does with Mm -hmm. me to say like, I'm, we're not going anywhere until, until you obey me. And I'm at a point where I'm saying no. Mm-hmm. But see, you, and, but that's the thing. I don't know why I'm saying no. I, I seriously don't. I don't know why I have a chat with myself. Sometimes I'm like, you're an idiot. You know that this doesn't turn out good. Right. What are you doing? But I still say no. Like it's so he's growing. Yeah. He's growing. Like, like I'm, growing. I'm sitting here. It's like, it's like there's two different people inside my body mm-hmm. having a war with each other. Yep. Right and now, Mark I know, and I can fist bump on this. Right. I know which one wins. I just wish, like, I know which one wins. I just want to, I just want it to be to where it's easy. Like I can just make the decision. It'd be wow. easy, but I can't. Right. Wow. Paul Paul talks about I want it that. easy. Oh wretched man that I am. I cannot do what I should do. I do what I should yeah. not do and what I don't want to do. It's, and what's weird it when is you're younger learning to die yeah. to your flesh. Yeah. When you're younger, you do those things and you think they're right. And mm-hmm. you stick the middle finger up to anybody that tells right. you it's not. But which, now I'm in this area. Which that action in itself should say that it's wrong. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. But no, it's defiant. Well, it's funny. I it's have independent. A, I rule. I have and a then. stepson that's 21. <laughs> and I know well, I talked to you about how you, you said that you could barely, barely tolerate being around me. And I was like, that kid, that kid right there is 21 and acts like that. Barely stand to be around him sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the crazy part is, I'm almost certain that I was worse than him whenever mm-hmm. I was 21. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All That's right. what drives me nuts so, about my stepdaughter. Yeah. She's exactly the way I was at her age. Yeah. Technically speaking, he is the same age behind you as you are behind me. Yeah. Technically. Okay? Yeah. Well, I can so get the I'm frustration. 60. You're not yet 40. So I now like when you, he, when you so get to 60... And he's not yet going to be 40. I'll be far more cantankerous than you at Right, 60. yeah. And so see, now you understand more. the comment. But, but, it wasn't yeah. personal. But see, no, I know. it's a generational thing. But see, you're, he's, your, he's your son. Yeah, yeah. Right? I love him. There's, I love there's him. A he's whole such lot, a There's a whole kid, lot of man. difference right. when you meet somebody and then you, you, you've grown used to and accustomed to them and, and we developed a, a relationship. Yeah. But I don't know all your nuances from before. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't learn. Okay, this is Zach. This is Zach's yeah. thought. This is Zach's way. I don't know all that. I'm coming you know in blind. Year. Yeah, and, you know a year of growth, like which is still yeah. tremendous, but you don't know. I don't pre- know why you're that way. And I've seen other people too. I've seen other people that didn't know pre Zach too, that um, that treat me like I'm the certain, the squared away, um, disciplined individual right. yeah. and i'm like i'm like okay yeah I that's just, a very short portion I, of my life I mean, this is a really poor example but really it's not it's a worldly example it's just like i got a really huge credit line increase and i was like i, I looked at my wife and it was like married with children i was like well what are they thinking they don't know us very well yeah well, no the simple fact is their short period of time i've been faithful 
Mm. And so they're making some assumptions about risk based upon that. Same with you. And but you're going, well, you ain't seen my whole life. You've yeah. just seen this last little nights. Yeah, I got yeah. The, I got this dude calling me up about two or three times a week, you know, asking me if I'm ready to sell my house. And I I don't know it's the same one. I can't remember. But my point is I actually did talk to him one day and I said, Yeah, I'll accept an offer. Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, you would? And I said, Yeah, yeah. Double what? Two point five million. Right. <laughs> and he goes, But your house isn't worth it. I said, It is to me. There you go. And did he ever call you back? I don't I <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the same one. Really? You don't you don't remember that conversation? It's, but I've been telling them, yes, you know, even on the text when they sent them. Yes, I'll take two point five million. Yeah. I, it's kind of like you, the you could probably buy my whole neighborhood for it's funny the yeah, you probably could. Yeah. At least the, your side of the block there. But, um, this guy that I, I still, I still go to, um, like a bar every now and then and watch, um, MMA fights with my buddy because I love MMA still. I've been praying for you on that. And they go, they go out to these, well, it's not really a bar. It's like, it is, it's a bar. It's well, a, now you're it's, justifying it. it. No, it is. It's, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. Like we go to Buffalo it's a Wild bar. Wings and we go there and, um, do, I have do no, the, do the women wear short shorts? Not really. No. Okay. See, no. I, I it's been eons. I've I been guess. to ones like, that do, it's but not like Peaks or yeah. uh, Twin Peaks or yeah. Hooters. Hooters. No. Okay, well, we've yeah. been to that one too. But yeah, anyway. but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to any either one of them. Now, now, I wouldn't go to either one of them. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, probably shouldn't. But anyway, I go watch MMA fights with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I have li- literally no concern about drinking at all, mm-hmm. right? Well, these guys only know the Zach that doesn't drink. Right. They know the guy that gets up at five o'clock every morning and goes and runs four miles and or works out or does whatever. They know this squared away, respectful individual. And they pressure me to drink every time I go. <laughs> and I just politely say, no, no. I'm And, and I've got to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to be very frank with them to be like, guys, I'm never drinking again. Just to let you know. And they've never saw me drink, period. Well, there one time they, they, they came together or he um, said he'd pressure me to drink again. I said, tell you what, I'll get a drink right now. And he's like, you, you probably handle it. And I was like, you may be right. You may be right. I may be able to handle it. But I tell you what, if I can't and something bad happens and I go back down this path of addiction again, I need <laughs> you to make a deal with me. I need you to make a deal with me that... You're going to be there drinking with me every single night. I used to stay up till six or seven o'clock in the morning on YouTube in the garage by myself. I'm going to need you to be there. Okay. And I'm going to need you to call up your wife and get her permission that you can make that happen. If you're willing to take on that risk and be there with me every single night doing what I do when I get addicted, I'll do it. Stuck up my hand. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. Never ask me to drink again. <laughs> I heard somebody in recovery once go, yeah, somebody asked him, hey, man, you take a drink. It won't hurt you. He said, yeah, but it might hurt you. You want to lose your wife and half the stuff you own? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, mean, to me, to me, it'd be like, seriously, dude, I'm almost 40 and you're trying peer pressure on me. Right. Yeah. Let me try my peer pressure on, on you. you. You come to church with me. Right. Yeah, let's go to come church. Come to church with me. <laughs> Every day. Come to church with me. Let's go to both services, dude. Yeah. Let's get crunk in the Holy Spirit, dude. <laughs> both services. Be here Be here at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Be yep. here on, on for ambassadors on Wednesday. Let's walk around the church seven times before be, service. Be, be, in, be in class on Wednesday. Be in um, Bible study on Thursday night. And if I can find somebody to hang out with for small groups, which we do sometimes Friday night or Saturday, I'm, I'm in. 
Grind for the Lord, baby. Yeah. I, yeah. I need as much reinforcement so that I can say no to my flesh. You know what, man? Mm-hmm. I have noticed since I quit doing the Bible study that it's a lot easy, harder to say no to the flesh than what it was before. Mm-hmm. Because you were in the Word. You had a relationship yeah. with the Word. Well, and I was Let feeling me ask you a half question. of a day every day. Yeah, with, yeah. You know? And you were. And I'm going to ask you. How much do you read your Bible a day? Virtually, now? virtually nothing. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me paraphrase or not paraphrase. Let me uh, give you an example. You love Angela. You're married to Angela. Y'all are with each other all the time. Yeah. I mean, constantly. like like you probably have maybe less than an hour a day that you're not together, right? Yeah, probably a couple okay. hours. Okay. Maybe. Now you go three weeks without talking to her. Yeah, it would suck. Go three weeks. See if that relationship lasts. I bet I'm sure we'd be fine, but but yeah, I would really? suck. You want to gamble on it? No. Mm-mm. Okay, my point is that it's not going to. Yeah. That'll drive a wedge in between. Then you're going to start bickering at each other. Then you're going to start complaining to each other or about each other. And then before long, you're in a knockdown drag out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all it was is that you ignored her for three weeks. Yeah. I know. I know it's been a big big deal in my life not filling myself with what i used to my point is every day you have a a a, a, a regiment regiment that you do every day why can you not include 15 minutes of a bible study i know that there's certain things i do right now where it's like I, i should be doing this for the for the lord instead of this do you know why i write the devotionals so, so that I study. have my time in the Word. Yeah. So I have my time A lot more people word. are seeing those on Facebook, too, now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weirding me out. That's cool, huh? Yeah. I, that makes me really do you, happy. Do you know that it said, welcome your new, what, what do you call them, new what? Yeah. Welcome your new followers. Yeah. Followers. Yep. Welcome, and I, and I, I think hit, we should I call them that. likabilities. Yeah. Here, I hit that button, and then I scrolled and I didn't get to the end of it before I went, yeah, dude, I can't do that. <laughs> I didn't know how to welcome them. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, hey guys, we really appreciate you coming onto the Facebook page. I'm sorry I didn't personally reach out to you and say welcome, but you are all welcome at any given time. Well, our new you. our new friends totals over 10,000 people. That's why you can't. That's why I didn't yeah. get to the end of the scroll. It's, yeah, dude, yes. Yeah, see your eyes just got that big? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we it's like we we picked up on on Facebook alone on Facebook alone in the last thirty days we reached over two million people two over two million accounts saw you know, can, can you wrap your mind around that because I gotta ignore it in otherwise the, I freak completely out in the eighties when I had long hair I always wanted an audience that long that big now just, it's scary yeah yeah I just I I couldn't sing you know. I mm-hmm. I and can now, comprehend that, and now I I know much less than I did then. Yeah, <laughs> much less. I want to say this, <laughs> and it, that's a big number. But I'm doing I I am doing my best to do all of this for an audience of one. Try it's for God. There you go. I I want to say this. I want to make it a, like a like I know you're um everybody's seeing that I'm posting less clips, and I am sorry for that. But and I will get back to doing it again. But I posted om, almost seven days a week. There was a point where I was posting two a day. One in the morning, one in the evening, for a period of like six months, um, and I just got wore out. And it doesn't. I'm not not posting clips because of a specific guest that I didn't like or I didn't feel like they needed to be seen. Um, it's just I needed a break. I need a break, and I'm taking like a two or three week break from. He's it. the technical dude. 
and we don't know. He's a camera dude. He's a technical dude, and I don't know squat. Yeah. So I'm 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 fitting to teach Larry how to do these clips. That way, I can just pass them off to him, and he can. Throw I don't them think on. Larry Audrey would be welcome to that. No, I was talking you, about you. Larry. <laughs> Good try. You and hey, I'm going to tell you this. You know, I was talking about you. <laughs> he was doing that. You're doing deflection, the you're doing the deflection thing, but yeah, I I just I need a break. I'm taking a break. It's no offense to any of the guests or anything else. It's just all it is is I need a break, and pro- people probably need a break from us too. So we are one month away from our fifty our one from year one year. That's so crazy, dude. One year one one month away from one year. That's so crazy, man. It's so crazy. It doesn't feel and like. And I'm it. more charged up about this now than I really was then. I didn't think. I'm I'd go, not. I didn't I'm think not. I'd go anywhere. I'm not. I go through seasons with it to where yeah, I'm but, charged up and then I'm not, and then I'm charged up and then I'm not. I I have a. You're still battling flesh. Well, I let this get me get to me too. I still have to learn how to beat this. My mind, you know. He literally made the action of exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I let this get to me. Right. That's your flesh. But uh, we got to get to our guests. We're at 38, so we got to give our guests some time today. But um, this uh, this guy's name is Mike Shigan, which I'm assuming he's from Michigan, and his name is Mike. Um, he is uh, friends with Dustin, which is Atheist Asked. I'm sure you guys remember him. He's from Texas, or he was in Texas. He goes around the world in an RV. Super nice atheist. This guy calls himself an anti-theist. Um, which Dustin. we'll we'll ask him what that means. What was D- Dustin? You said blah blah blah. Dustin, you atheist ass. You yeah, remember? Okay. You yeah. remember Dustin, don't you? Mm-hmm. And then um, anti-theist, and we'll we'll um, ask him and figure out what that means. So let's get to him, Mike Shigan. There he is. Hello, Mike Shigan. Right? Yep, yep. You can just call me Mike. But I yep. th- I, I I drew this super intelligent conclusion that your name's Mike and you're from Michigan. Yes, yes. <laughs> Boom, I knew I was smart. Did you like that, Mark? From yeah. Mike Sheehan. Yeah, man. His name's Mike. Mike Shigan. Michigan. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's ironic. Yep. Mike Shigan. Yeah. Um, so you know, People get creative. I've seen Michigans, too, from a bodybuilder from Michigan. Oh, Michigans. <laughs> Michigans, yeah. Um, so yep. you, have you watched the podcast at all? Uh. I follow you guys on TikTok, and I watch, you know, your clips all the time. I did listen to the full episode uh, when you had my friend Dustin or Atheist Asks on. Okay. So I listened to that whole episode, but uh, mostly just, uh, you know, the highlights on TikTok. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go over uh, the show and stuff for you and go over kind of like the house rules, which there aren't many, but... um, And go over like kind of what, what how the structure of the show is, and then I'm going to introduce everybody, okay? Okay. Okay, so this is the Help My Unbelief podcast. We are a non-debate show. Um, we we started this podcast because we basically saw a hole in the Christian market, I guess you can say, is that um, we saw the way that Christians were kind of tre- uh, treating unbelievers or just not any treatment at all to unbelievers. We saw that um, basically pushing them to the side and um, not giving them a voice or listening to them at all. And we aim to change that. So what we want to stray away from here is debating. We don't want to debate. We pretty much, we want to hear your story, man. 
That's pretty much what we want to sure. do. So we just want to stray away from debating if sometimes it starts to happen and then we usually shut it down pretty quick. I don't mind a little getting in the weeds, you know, of if if you if if like Larry tells you his experience with something and then you tell him why um, you're against his viewpoint on that because of your experience in this, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to be super strict on stuff like that. But we do want to stay away from like any hateful rhetoric, and we'll respect you. And I know I know you'll respect us too, especially because you're friends with Dustin, one of the nicest guys on the planet. I think there. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so and and then there's that. That's pretty much it, man. Um, and then um, since you're an, uh, you, you said you're an anti-theist, so I'm sure that we don't have to worry about you doing any rituals or witchcraft on air or anything like that. No. So. Nope, nope. <laughs> okay, good deal. Um, okay, I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody to you. Uh, I've got my executive producer, Mark, here in studio today. Hey, Mike. Hi, Mark. How's it going? My lovely wife, doing? Angela. Hello. Hello. My longtime and good friend, Larry, co-host. How are you doing? And then hey, I'm, Zach. I'm Zach. I'm the host. Um, man, we're glad to have you on, dude. Appreciate it, yeah. And I like what, you know, like you said, I like what you guys are doing you're right. Most uh, most believers are dismissive towards atheists or the atheist position. So I appreciate you giving us a platform. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's honestly it's honestly been an honor and watching all of us grow, which we're we're all going to have an episode on episode 52 um, where yeah. we're all actually we're not going to have a guest on at all on episode 52. Okay. And we're going to talk about because a, a lot of the times we just talk to um unbelievers or people that used to not believe and believe now and we get their perspective but we all actually wanted to have a show to where we talk about what this show has been for us and how we've grown because we have we've learned so much since being on this show so i'm excited to give the audience that that portion of us too you know yeah uh, yeah, I'll tune, definitely tune into that one. That'll be an interesting one. Heck yeah! Um, so you're an anti anti theist, and I have I'm I'm actually got another anti theist slated um, next month to come on, and they kind of explained it to me in text, but I'm unfamiliar with that that term um, in general. Now, are you mainly an atheist? Because anti theist well, yeah, so- it means me that makes me believe when I hear that term, it makes me think that you believe in God, but you don't, you're against him. Is that true? No. So, so I'm an atheist. So basically that, well, you know, when you're most, you're here, most, uh, most regularly defined as somebody who just lacks a belief in God. Um, you know, so it's, uh, not necessarily a positive position or anything. It's just, you know, you haven't, you're not convinced that a God exists and you're not convinced that one, you know, you technically you're an agnostic atheist you're an agnostic theist because we don't nobody knows that you know for sure that god exists so agnostic just means without knowledge so you i don't know that god doesn't exist or does exist you know i hope you guys will be credible enough to say you can't say with 100 percent certainty that god exists or doesn't exist so in that way you're also a little bit agnostic um but an anti-theist is somebody who takes the is an atheist but takes it to a more activist role so some people will say an atheist activist but somebody who actively uh, goes like, uh, you know, um, puts their voice out, you know, as a p- opposing religion, as opposed to just, you know, uh, you do your thing over there and I do my thing over here. Uh, I actually try to help people with the deconstruction or help people that are in the deconstruction process or, you know, speak to friends and family when I get the chance and, you know, how those situations can sometimes devolve. But when they give me the opportunity, you know, just to question their beliefs, why they believe it, get them to think about it a little bit more. 
Um, you know, always res- in a respectful way. I don't, I don't think anybody that is religious is dumb or stupid or anything like that. You know, I was a believer myself. Uh, so it's, uh, nothing like that. It's, it's just, you know, I think it's indoctrination and, um, you know, to break that, break that cycle sometimes. I mean, as you well know, most people who are, uh, Christians go to church every Sunday, maybe don't even crack their Bible open. They just rely on the, uh, pastor to tell them what's in there or think they have an understanding of it and think they don't need to read the Bible because they go to church every Sunday. So basically I would point out, you know, what's in the Bible and, um, you know, I, you know, I'm not, not uh saying that they have to be on my side or that I'm necessarily right about everything, but you know, this is what's in here. This is what, uh, this is what you claim to believe in. Do you really agree with that? So (laughs) I want to talk, I want to talk about the indoctrination thing real quick. And it's something I've been thinking a lot uh, about lately. And that one's, that one's hard for me to believe personally, like that, like, like we're all being indoctrinated right now. And then I start going down this line in my head. This is literally, I'm going to give you my thought process behind it. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's say we all we all are being indoctrinated, right? And there's this some sort of high-end plan where somebody put together and created this religion, Christianity, right? Which really, I mean, it whatever whatever they did that worked, right? They started in the beginning sure. and they all they all somebody got together and said Let's start this thing so we can control people's actions or for whatever reason, for that matter. That just seems highly improbable that there was this just super segregated group of people that got together and created a whole religion or a religion to this extent just to control and indoctrinate people forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I don't think it started out that way either. Just like every other ancient people, there was myths. Um, or beliefs or, you know, they couldn't, they didn't have an explanation of why it rained or why the, uh, why the tide came in and out. So they, uh, you know, thought it must've been in some kind of agent. So I think it did start out as, you know, just an explanation for things that they couldn't explain. And then uh, with the Christianity in particular, um, I think the indoctrination aspect of it really kind of started with, of course, the Catholic church. Um, I mean, if you look at the history of that, people weren't even literate, let alone had the Bible in the language that they could read. So they, uh, it was all in Latin, of course. So the the pastors and the monks and the Pope were the only ones that could read it. And you essentially had to take their word for it. So people would go their whole life uh, from babies to to grown up, you know, um, then they would never read the Bible for themselves. They just had to trust what it, that the pastor said what it said. And that's what, that's what their belief came from. So that's, really where the indoctrination started. And today, you know, it's, uh, your people baptize their babies. You know, I was, I was baptized as a baby. You know, you were told as a Christian, you're told you're a Christian before you even know or have a concept of what Christianity is. People bring their babies to church. You know, it's, uh, people don't wait till their kids are 18 to start telling them that, you know, this is that God exists and his son, he had a son named Jesus, you know, it's from birth essentially. <laughs> David, you were a Catholic, weren't you? It's Mike. Mike. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Oh, were you a Catholic? No, no. I, w- I was. I was a Lutheran. You were a Lutheran. Okay. I was just curious. Yep. Yeah. You know, I my, my my father's side was Catholic, so I know a little bit about. It. I attended some masses, but uh, yeah. yeah only, I mean, they only very infrequently. They, they weren't even allowed to read the Bible till what late fifties. I mean, the, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's where I I also have a By problem with that too because like I'm raising my kids in church. 
I'm raising my kids in sure. church and I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm definitely don't consider what I'm doing with them indoctrination. And I have told my kids, um, I have sat them down and looked them dead in the eye and said, listen, I can teach you all this stuff about the Bible. I can teach you about God. I can give you my experience with God. I was like, but someday you are going to have to make your own decision to follow Christ. It's a, and it's going to have it's going to have nothing to do with me, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, it's given them their own decision. You know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to disown them if they, if they decided not to, because I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going, doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what Larry does. It doesn't matter what Mark does or what I do. All of our kids are going to have to make their own decision someday. They're their own Mm -hmm. people. So, yeah, but I, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess I've lost it where Christianity was like a bad thing to teach kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, so You think uh, it is. I you think, think it is. I'm not going to beat you up for it, but you think it's a bad thing to teach kids, don't you? Yeah, just just from the I mean just the Sindrak doctrine in general which is, you know, and, and I I'm going to speak in a lot of generalities here. What's that? What's that? Uh, the Sindrak so sin doctrine Sin doctrine would oh, be gotcha. uh, like anything that, that uh, you know, Adam and Eve committed the first sin and that brought us into a fallen world. And now everything that bad happens, happens because of sin, the original sin. And we're all, you know, essentially cursed and nobody can be live a sin free life because of that sin. So essentially from when they're children, we're telling them that you are a sinner you're going to, you know, you deserve, I know not every denomination, like I said, but you deserve hell. The only reason you're not going to go there is because God came down and died on the cross for your sins. And that's, you know, even if you haven't done anything, you know, it's, it's thought crimes. It's, uh, you know, essentially if we go by the old Testament, essentially just being a human is, is sinful. Um, so if you're telling your kids that essentially that they're bad, that they deserve hell, and I'm not saying you personally, but Christians, you know, they're bad. They deserve hell. And if they don't believe in Jesus, that's where they're going to go because that's what they deserve because they're sinners. And I think if you tell somebody that they're, that nobody can be without sin, that they're born sinners, that they're going to sin at some point in their life, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if uh, if you tell your kid, you have no choice but to sin, then they have no choice but to sin. (laughs) So, but, but like we, we all have the choice not to sin, right? Like we all, what do you have to say to that, Larry? Or we all have the choice not to sin, right? So somebody could be somebody could be sinless. You could be completely sin free. I guess my point. I guess my question would be is like, um, there's see, like we look at it as like a gift. Does that make sense? Like, like yep. God, God didn't have to. God didn't have to bail us out of that. Like Adam and Eve made the choice, right? And we could all, sure. we could all, like, here's the way I look at it. Like if I was Adam, I probably would have messed it up too. You know, like I probably would have picked the wrong fruit or whatever, however yeah. you want to say it. I probably would have messed it up too. I'm not going to sit here and beat up Adam for doing that. Right. But, um, we look at it like it's a gift, like we're thankful for it because we could pick up the Bible and the Bible say, Hey, you know, you guys, I created you guys. You guys couldn't really hack it thought about sending my son down, but decided not to have fun in hell. You know, that's what it could have said, but instead it says, Hey, 
He sent his only son to come down and die on a cross to forgive us. That way we can spend eternity for him, even though we didn't follow the rules. Like it's almost like a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance type of thing um, for us. But then he throws us that anchor and then we still don't like it. You know what I mean? And I think that in itself proves how maybe crappy of a, of a creation we are or a, or a race we are. Right. Well, well first off, I, um, I'm going to jump in here a second. Mike, how old are you? Yep. 32. 32. Do you have kids? I do. Yep. Two boys, seven and, and four. You send them to public school? Yep. Okay. Why? Uh, well, me, me and my wife both work, um, public school. And so we couldn't afford it. And we're middle class, so we can't afford a private school. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, um, public school I think is, I mean, I went through public school, I think is good for not only education, but also for socialization. So they learn how to be around kids, their age, they deal with issues with their peers, um, that you can't necessarily give them with the homeschooling experience. So, you know, friendships, breakups, uh, bullying, uh, conflict resolution, things mean, like that. You that mean you all can't... the things that we're going to have to handle as a, um, adult, as an adult in the world. That keeps coming yeah. at us more so I, I do understand what you're saying, but what they teach in schools now aren't, isn't anything like I learned in the sixties and the seventies, well, nothing, the stuff that I learned then they don't even, they don't even teach. I mean, I was taught geography well, and I'm and my, one of my best friends sitting across this table from me doesn't know squat about geography because he wasn't taught. No, because I hated it. I hated it. (laughs) But where you keep saying one thing that catches my attention is you tend to lump all Christians into the same religious constraints as a unity of one based on your um, experience with the the denomination that you grew up in because I never was raised. And I mean, I was raised Pentecostal. I, and from the time I was, you know, little, I was raised that way. I never really saw it as an ex a reason. I mean, I wasn't told that way. You're going to send and you're going to go to hell. I wasn't given well, that. Of course not. Yep. I don't think we're told that here either. Are we like, I don't think no. we're told that. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Yeah, the Bible tells us that, but I mean, it's kind of a roundabout way. Of, I mean, it's to like if if what we believe is true, then it they, it they need to be known. It needs to be known. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be said. That's why I'm saying like we can we can sit here and act like this is all like we're like this things that we're teaching people and stuff is a, is a bad thing, but it might be tr- it might be true. Well, going back to that, Mike, do your kids ask you why? Yeah. I mean, when they were little, like I listen, I got grandkids, so I'm 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 a lot older than you are. Um a lot. A, a lot. lot older. Like like almost <laughs> twice your age, okay? Sure. Um yeah. so my question is, did your children ask you why growing up? Why why what? Why Mul- any multiple subjects? You know, all the time. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're always they're always asking why. Oh, yeah, why? You know, why is this? Why that? Why this? Yeah, because because the human mind always wants to know what why what 
the whys are. You know, why is the sky blue? Why yep. is the ground grass green? Why is the why can a brown cow eat green grass and make white milk? I mean, I got asked right. all those types of questions. Right? Yep. And I I never really saw it in the manner of I mean, I I give God credit for creating this planet. I I have somebody that I can give glory to creating this planet it's hard for me to comprehend somebody that that chooses not to uh but i mean that is a choice right and if i chose that if i chose that uh, to raise my kids where they didn't know and then technically speaking i did not have anything to do with their religious upbringing um i was divorced and so occasionally i took them to church when i got the the um, opportunity, I, I guess I could say. When you're done, I got a question for you and for Mike Okay. after this. So that but, interested but, him. But I, I'm, a, I'm asking because I wrote down something here that I, I wanted to make sure I heard you correctly. You help sure. others deconstruct? That's your position yeah. on that? Yeah. Helping, the, yeah, um, or get the process moving or try to at least attempt to. <laughs> Why is that necessary? Well, um, I mean, for, for me personally, I think it, it's, uh, you're, I, I mean, I'm happier now that I am deconstructed. There's less fear. Um, you'll hear a lot of, uh, former believers say that they are better people now that they're deconstructed. And also at any, any believer, whether you're, you know, what, no matter the denomination, you're still supporting, the Bible, you know, um, which is where all the problems lie at the heart. Mm. Uh, so anything that's, um, you know, and, and yes, not every denomination is the same. I understand that. I know you can, you know, I see him on TikTok too, that, you know, you you can have a lesbian Christian pastor and then you can have a, um, you know, hardcore Southern Baptist, uh, fundamentalist. So this is where, we're, we're interviewing someone with a completely different mindset than you. And that's what we're trying to understand his perspective. He that's helps, why I'm asking this question. He helps people deconstruct because he believes what you believe in is harmful. He believes it's harmful. He believes it's yeah. harmful people. That's why this is like, like to well, be honest in, with you, In Mike, a way, I agree that religion is harmful. Yeah. Be, this because is, it's the importance of a relationship with Christ that makes the difference. The people that's the hardcore atheist mike is the hardest for us to talk to and stay stay respectful and because because it's literally the opposite of what we believe the exact opposite i mean even witches and satanists and all this we can find some sort of common ground but when we're having this conversation with you it's very hard to find common ground and that's why it gets so tense and and so uncomfortable is well, because I was trying to be is. careful with the way I worded things. you were doing great I but I'm just I'm kind of explaining to him because everybody can feel the tension let's not be dumb right let's not be stupid <laughs> um but um anyway that's what I'm saying is is like that he believes that re, he believes that Christianity is harmful and so he helps people remove I, from that I have a there's a difference between Christianity mark, go, and, and religion mark go ahead I have a question this is something that what occurred to me last week, and it's something that I've noticed okay. as a trend with many, I would say 70% um, of the non-believers 
or deconstructionists that we talk to um, is that mm-hmm. they, they have come, they were believers. Uh, something happened yep. and then they're not believers anymore. Many of them come out of Catholicism. I'm not saying Catholicism is wrong. I'm well, just... Also, like, notice too, I noticed this, like, I don't know anything about Lutheran, Lutheranism, but I don't want to say this, but it's either Catholicism, Mormonism, Latter-day Saints, Seventh-day Adventists, like, it's one of those, and I don't know any enough about any of that stuff, but it's always like the other than Christian. So, right. go ahead. So, I, I'm identifying, I... I'm identifying with you in one way because I, I came from one of the named religions that we just named and, um, I got, I got church hurt. I noticed hypocrisy within that system of beliefs, um, that, that offended me, um, having my hard time wrapping my head around some of the tenants that were, that were being taught. Um, but never, did I ever come to a point, I walked away from all of that. I went and followed what Mark wanted to do. And, uh, you know, it took me a lot of places <laughs> that I'm, I'm lucky I came back from, but during that whole <laughs> process, I never, I couldn't there, the dividing line of me saying there is no God. And I always knew there was a God. I just knew I was out of alignment with his will. Were you ever close, you think, to giving it up completely? No. No? Okay. No, I always knew, but I was definitely close with giving it up to what those people told me he was. So what you're asking him, basically, Mark, is do you think it's possible that he has received a false gospel and that's what's made him depart from it? No, is that what the, you're Holy, the Holy Spirit kind of talked to me a couple of weeks ago. It's about some unresolved unforgiveness I had in my heart. Uh, from being hurt and um, how it's blocked me from, from connecting with God's people for 30 years. It blocked me. I wasn't until I let all that go and realized it, you know, it's the way he's going at, he's apostolizing the complete deconstruction of people's faith to free them. I'm just wondering what, what's his, what's your name? Mike, Mike, I'm just wondering, yeah, yep. I'm just wondering, Mike, is, is that, is there something and I know this is getting really deep, but is there something the Holy Spirit told me to ask one of you during this podcast, is there something you need to forgive religion for man, maybe instead of God, maybe you're throwing the bathwater out the baby out with the bathwater. You know, my, my mom always (laughs) told me, she said, you know, the church is made up of a bunch of sick people. If you look at the people, you're in trouble. You got to keep your eyes on, on the one. So I, I'm just, I'm curious about that. Could you, was there a moment where you were like, man, you know, that really hurt. That doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean, did did you have the experience or was that not your experience at all? Uh, So I guess I'll kind of tell you what, you know, what led me to this. You know, I, I guess I was, uh, I was, like I said, I was baptized Christian Lutheran mom, very religious still is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she, whether she actually lives it in her life is another question, but you know, you know, always went to church, went to church every Sunday. Um, and I actually enjoyed church, you know, as, when I was a kid, I liked, I've always sung along to songs. Even now I'm in the car and the radio is playing, I'm singing along. Um, so I'd get, you know, the compliments from the nice old ladies around me. Oh, your son can sit behind me anytime. And then I, you know, became an acolyte and, uh, 
you know, did the whole, did that, went through catechism, did, we did Monday school, which was after school. So it's Sunday school on Monday, but it was after school. So did that. Um, but you know, there were things that just never sat right with me, namely being that anyone who's not Christian is going to hell essentially is what, you know, not necessarily my preacher, but that's essentially my mom had said. Um, and that just didn't sit right with me. You know, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, a nice Hindu father, you know, who loves his kids and loves his family and, you know, pets the dog every day is going to burn in hell just because he happened to grow up in India, uh, where he, you know, whether he heard of Jesus or not, you know, it'd be just like you hearing about Shiva, like you're just going to fake shrug it off. You know, that's, you know, (laughs) that's just what those people over there believe. You know, it's not what, it's not what I was taught to believe. So I just could never wrap my, my mind around that aspect. So I just, you know, at first I started, you know, well, okay, you know, God still exists, but there's no way that he could possibly send people to hell just for not being a Christian. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. And that, uh, that just kind of led me to, um, and then when I did get a little bit older and, you know, actually my mom taking me to see the Martin Luther movie, which if you get know anything about Lutherans that came from Martin mm-hmm. Luther, who was the first Protestant who, you know, went and nailed the theses on the, oh, yeah. on the, on the, on the Basilica or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, he was the one to start the Protestant reformation or kicked it off. Right. Um, so we went to see that movie, which was like a biography. And that's where I kind of started to see, um, okay. So the church had all these things that they were doing that were wrong or not biblical. And then, then that made you want to research, okay, well, where did the Bible come from? And then, you know, you learn that the Catholic church essentially put it together through all these councils and, you know, it was selected from all these other writings around the time and been changed and edited over time. So then, you know, I wanted to read the Bible for myself and see what was really in there. So when I was younger, I did that. And, you know, after reading the Bible, it's just like there was no way that this could have been put together by some divine being with omniscience that could see into the future. And, you know, with <laughs> everything that's in there, just, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard it from a lot of atheists, but, you know, all the things in there that are not we would not consider morally right today. Can I say uh, so, I still I still struggle with that? And there's no caveats or buts to the end of this. But like, um, but like you know, your friend Dustin, man, like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, good heart. Yeah. I can tell he's just a great, a great dude. And I've gotten, you know, and I, I don't know him that well, but I feel like I've, we've gotten to know each other. Cause I watch like, um, um, why I don't know if he's not posting or if TikTok. I, I noticed that yesterday. I was like, they're not showing me any of Dustin's videos anymore for some reason. He hasn't been, he hasn't been posting as frequently and okay. thinking about taking a break because he's at a, stand still with the numbers or he's getting a little bit disheartened well i actually have too um, um i start i've i've been on like a two-week hiatus too just because i i it's so tiring it's exhausting sometimes but um so i have a, i have an issue with that man too where i'm like man i i don't know why god would do this send someone like dustin to hell you know like right i it it bothers me it bothers me i've said it openly on the show before so it's not like new but but also like I also look at the fact that there could be an uh, maybe there is a but to this maybe I lied, but I do have like mm-hmm. an I I do have an alt- alternate viewpoint is because like I know that there's an enemy like I've told I told Dustin this there's something that doesn't want me to be a Christian <laughs> there's for sure something in the spiritual world that that does not want me to be a Christian that I feel like I would get that piece that you talk about. Um, mm-hmm. that you have now that you're not a Christian, I feel like I could achieve that, but that's not comforting to me. 
That's not comforting to me. And the reason why that's not comforting to me is because I feel like the thing that wants me to do that has an evil intention for me once I achieve that peace here on earth. Because the peace that I want is in heaven. And that's for more of an eternal thing. And if what the Bible says is true, then undoubtedly we have an enemy, which I don't blame the guy for my mistakes and stuff like that, like most Christians do. Be like, well, that dang devil made me kick my dog after work. <laughs> you know, I don't do that at all. Um, I take full accountability for my actions. But I really do think there's an enemy out there. There's something in the spiritual world that doesn't want me to be Christian. And I feel like it would leave me alone if I stopped. And that, that concerns me. Does that make sense to you? I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't believe in any kind of spiritual realm or anything like that. Um, but, and, and, and to, to the, to your point, let's, you know, say hypothetically that the, you know, Satan or whatever, the devil is out there deceiving people. Well, if he is, if he is more powerful than us, if he's smarter than us, if he knows exactly how to, you know, get under our skin or say the right things or put the right things in front of us to make us not believe. And we are deceived into not believing, you know, is that worthy or worth, is it just to punish somebody? You know, if I, if I lied to you and said, Hey, if you walk through this door, you know, it's going to, you're going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a room full of sunshine and ponies and you walk through it and it's a torture chamber. You know, is it your fault that you walked through the door? No, yeah, I lied to you, you know, essentially. But, okay, but so. let me say, in the Bible, God tells us how to defeat the wiles of the enemy or whatever. It tells us how, how to do it. It, it literally gives us an instruction book of how to not be deceived by the enemy. And so we know how to do it. We just don't always do it because we want to fulfill the desires of our flesh, like what Larry was talking yeah. about earlier. You and know, so sometimes we get deceived by our own flesh I'm, I'm yeah and i'm hearing mike talk about what i talked about last time i think maybe privately i don't remember if we did this on the podcast yeah we did but the the religious construct of hell um has divided a large amount of people yeah um the idea yep. of people being able to rational to rationally comprehend a loving god um, that would eternally torment for any reason. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I know that the, a lot of religions have constructed that. I know that there is reference to that stuff in the Bible. Um, I know that I have my own core set of beliefs, but it is one of the threads that I see um, <clears throat> from, you know, people like Mike. That yeah. It's about, a, it's a hang up for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, it is a, it's, I, I get that. It's coming from a good place. It's not like, you know, no, it's Mike's like a good place. Mike, like, like he said, he's Mike's saying, I would nice, never do that to one of my children. Yeah. He, he's saying he's seen a right. nice Hindu dad that, you know, pets dogs and, and is really nice to his family. And because he was born in the wrong place. Uh, but like, I just like, I believe God's fair though, too. Like, I believe he's completely fair. Um, just like, just like how, there was a lot of people that died before Jesus died on the cross. But there's an answer to that because God is fair. When he did die on the cross, Jesus went back to all those people. They were uh -huh. given the opportunity. Yeah. It said that God waited to judge everyone who had died pre-Jesus. God waited to judge them. It says that in the book of Romans. And I read that when I was doing my Bible study. I was like, oh, you know, and it proves that like 
I think I think if that's true, I think that if that's true that people do die with no testimony of Christ whatsoever, I I believe God's fair. He's not just I don't think God sends people to hell for just because they didn't know. I mm. I just don't think he's like that. You know. Well, and I, and on that same note, let's say you know, of course, and I'm sure you've also read in Romans that everybody has to give an account of their life to God, you know? Um, so if, if I die and God does exist and he says, you know, why didn't you believe? And I say, well, you know, this was what I was told was your word. And there's all this stuff in there that I cannot, that I could not morally wrap my head around you putting in a book. Is he going to be like, well, you know, I don't understand your position at all. You know, slavery is good. You know, uh, you know, yeah, killing children is good. I don't know what you're talking about. So you're off to hell with you, you know, or is he going to be more like, well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it isn't right to kill children. It isn't right to have slaves. So I understand why you wouldn't believe it, that I would have put that in a book because I, you know, I wouldn't put that in a book, you know, <laughs> what is it going to be, you know? But what if you <laughs> had, what if you had mistaken views about those things that like you were mistaken about it and, and those pretty views, clear. And those views were wrong. I mean, would you would you take accountability for it then? Well, it's, I'm, I, I, but it would have to be like a mis. It have, it'd have to be that you know that was completely wrong that he didn't actually put that in there because the Bible spells it out pretty clearly. You know, your slaves are to come from nations around you. They're your property. Um, you know, you can beat them as long as they don't die within a couple days. You know, uh, or within you know as long as they don't die immediately. As long as they go on a, a day or two, then you shouldn't be punished because they're pro- they're your money or they're your silver, or they're your property, um, you know, and you got God commanding, uh, was it Saul, and like First Samuel 15, you know, go and put everybody to the sword, men, children, suckling babies, like all that stuff is pretty black and white in the Bible as quoted by from God. So it would have to be him saying, I never said that, you know, those people made that up for their own thing, you know. <laughs> so Mike, it's the sins of God that you're most offended by what you well, it's per- not, it's what not. you perceive his sins his incongruity well that yeah and the fact that he's supposed to be you know an all-loving god um and also the fact that evil exists in the world you know children are bur- born with horrible birth defects that cause them pain you know children are unfortunately you know uh sexually assaulted all the time um tortured killed um you know i just can't see those things existing in a universe that also contains a good god that intervenes on human affairs okay i i get that so let's i'm 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 right there with you deconstructing that see i also and this doesn't have to be your belief it's just my belief um because of what i went through in my life i deconstructed i just walked away from my relationship with god and what was left was mm-hmm. this giant hole. And I couldn't find anything to fill it. Um, I didn't have any final resolution to my problems. Um, and I, I, I believe that we're created by our, we're encoded by our creator genetically to have that hole. Um, that's where so much of the beauty and then the sickness of the world comes in. <laughs> The beauty is finding that thing and the things that are born out of that called the fruits of the spirit. And then sickness is not finding that thing and shoving everything you can into that hole. Envy, lying, cheating, sexual immorality, drug addictions, 
all of that. So what's your, you know, you said you're much more at peace now. Talk, talk to me about that peace. What's your final solution? Where, where do you, you don't ever feel that, do you talk? See, I'm in internal, uh, constant conversation with God. Do you talk to yourself? Is there, is there anything that's overwhelming to you that you have to give up? What's your process for doing that? Or is it just, there's no God and we're spending on a little globe in the middle of nothing going nowhere. I'm, I'm just curious because <laughs> I, I yeah. can't, because you and me have yeah. such completely different and you say you're at peace with it. That's I never could find peace without a relationship with God. Sure. So yeah, I mean, when you zoom out that far, it, it, it can seem nihilistic. You know, we are, you know, we happen to happen on this rock and you know, a, the, some part of a, the universe that's bigger than anybody can comprehend. And, you know, if, it, if there's nothing besides this, then, then yeah, it does seem like life is all for nothing. But, uh, that what I, what I find from that is if they're, if we're not given a meaning by something, then that lets us create our own meaning. So, um, I'm also, so I, you know, I'm an atheist that tells you what I don't believe, but I'm also a secular humanist. Um, so that, essentially just means that I believe in humanity. I believe that everything that we've done, everything that we've accomplished, all of our morals that we've found, you know, unfortunately through a lot of trial and error, but the moral system that we have now, uh, we did that. And then, um, you know, we do for whatever reason, uh, enjoy the experience of life. Um, we enjoy waking up every day and loving our friends and family and, you know, seeing the, the world and gazing out at the world. And, um, you know, if, if we do, if, if we, if there is a purpose, you know, or the purpose of my life, I guess that I found is to, uh, to make the world a better place for the future generations, whether that's my kids that I, you know, I take care of them. I raise them right according to, you know, what I think is right. And, uh, um, they grow, they go on to be happy, loving people, you know, fingers crossed. And they continue that like a butterfly effect, you know, and then love spreads and, um, and hopefully, you know, there's less and less. And I do think the world has gotten better and better over generation, uh, you know, over millennia. Um, and I, you know, hope to continue that incline to the point where maybe in the future there, there won't be as much suffering or we'll have eliminated, you know, as much suffering as we possibly can um, to the point where everybody gets to enjoy their life where you don't have people in third world countries that are, you know, how do you see <laughs> the world starving to death every day? Cause I, I guess I don't, I guess I don't see the world as getting better. Yeah, I see it getting worse. How do you see the world getting better? I'm, I'm interested in your v- viewpoint on that. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I mean, as far as we can reference the Bible and see what, you know, I do think the Bible has some worthwhile uh, documents, documentation of like historical events. But as you can see, and even in the Bible, you know, people, and we know from world history that essentially humanity started out as, as warring tribes, you know, that's all, what we were doing. Um, you know, somebody got too close or wanted their land, you know, we'd go to war, kill them, enslave them. Uh, and you know, of course, slavery was a thing for millennia up until, you know, the last thousand years or so when we started to get, well, not even that 500 years (laughs) till we got that figured out, you know, there's less wars. People used to go to, you know, gladiator arenas and watch people chop each other's heads off, heads off with swords used to take your kids to the, to the public hanging at the town square. 
Um, I mean, this stuff is recent that that happened. Um, you know, and of course, like stonings, you can read about what people were stoned for in the Bible, which is seems like petty things like being a glutton and a drunkard. Uh, you'd get stoned. Um, of course, with the church history, you were uh, a heretic and burned at the stake for even saying that the, you know, maybe maybe the moon is a solid object or that the sun or that the earth is in the center of the universe. Um, you know, and just the amount of wars, as far as that goes, you know, it seems like for all of human history, we've been constantly at war, whether it was world wars or um, the holy wars or, you know, the Mongol troops invading or, you know, everything like that. It just, and plus uh, with vaccines and medicine, people are living longer and healthier. Um, we have our child mortality rate is way down from what it used to be. I think there was some, used to be something crazy like, like 40%, you know, percent, wasn't seven. it? It was, like 40%. Four, it was like, like, wasn't it like, um, like in the old Western days, I, I don't know what, what year that was. Wasn't it like in the 40% or something like that? Like 40% yeah, of children yeah. born would die or something like that. Yeah. And or, of disease, yeah, or not make yeah. it to like age 16. Yeah. So between all that stuff, I mean, it just seems Crazy. like we are living and we are living in the most peaceful, prosperous and healthy time for, you know, for all people. Of course, there are always Kings that, you know, live better than most of us do today, but uh, for the vast majority of people, we're not peasants uh, slaving away in the fields. Either. Well, that makes so. sense. Thank you for sharing your yeah, viewpoint on that. The United that. States yeah, is sense. responsible for that. It's called the 5,000-year leap, Yeah, what he's referring to. I actually, I'm, I want to go back because Mark a asked a question about peace, and I don't feel like you ever got to oh. that specific portion of the question. Do you, do you have true peace? Like, you don't worry about there being a creator or anything at all ever you're just you're you yeah. truly experience peace yeah i mean of course i still like question or i still like uh you know what you know i still have those thoughts like what is the purpose of all this you know what is like is there a purpose to all of it you know so i still i still have that question um but the peace comes with uh, you know, not having to be sorry for being a human, not thinking I have to get down on my knees, you know, every night and ask for forgiveness for the thoughts that I had that day. Um, or having to think that, um, you know, the, the Muslim guy that, uh, you know, works at the corner store, who's nice to me every day is going to burn in hell because, you know, he does, he has essentially been deceived into the wrong religion or, um, you know, I don't have to, there's I don't there's not not anything to blame either because you know if you if you're gonna credit God for giving you a healthy birth or a healthy child then you also implicate him when that doesn't go that way so it's like um, you know if God gave somebody a healthy child then then he didn't do that for somebody that has a child with a disability or a child with a you know a birth defect that causes them not to be able to function the same way as other people so. Um, I'm not, I'm not blaming or constantly asking like, why would like, why God, why would you do this to people? Or like, you know, when you hear about these horrible stories of kids getting tortured, it's like, how can you let this happen? It's, it's a, it's a torture to think how could a God let this happen? But here's, um, you know, here's what I'm hearing as, from as, you. Here's what I'm hearing. Sure. Like I'm hearing no, that you don't have like true peace, but, but at least you don't have to worry about those particular things anymore. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I mean it's it's peace in the sense that um, being a human's hard. Even, yeah, it is for sure. And you know, it's not like a comforting thought that when I die, nothing is going to happen. But it, 
I'm also thinking about before I was born, you know, I wasn't aware of anything. You didn't have a thought process. You weren't sitting there waiting for, you know, according to the Bible, 6,000 years for us to be born. You know, it was just nothingness. Do you know who, so uh, do you know who Lu, uh, Louis CK is? Yeah. Yep. Have you seen that bit he does about, cause Louis CK is an atheist. He's a comedian. Uh-huh. Have you seen that bit he does about hoping there's not a God? Uh, I don't think so. You'll have to, you have to look it up. Before he comes back and looks at earth and goes, what did you do? Louis CK <laughs> said, he said, um, he said, uh, you know, I, I said something like, I'm an atheist and I believe there's no God. And he goes, God, I hope there's no God. <laughs> Remember, said, oh, please let there not be. Oh, God, please, please let there be no God. Because, you know, he's an atheist and that would be pretty scary if, if there wasn't a God, you know. And I don't know. Right. I have a view. I've been thinking a lot about this whole peace thing lately. And I want to share my perspective because the Bible has a, a couple different views on like peace right and larry mm-hmm. I, f- I for sure believe has true peace 100 percent um in the lord i believe that because the answer for him is always the lord no matter what and in he I, be- I truly believe that he has true peace but I, be- I don't believe that every christian does right because there's this concept mm-hmm. there's this concept and i believe i'm fully living in it right now in christianity and basically what it is is god says that you have to pick two different pathways right and then one mm-hmm. one of the pathways is very broad, and basically you could be three sheets to the wind drunk and walk on it, and you're not going to walk off the sides. That's that that's yeah. the road without God. But it also states the the road with God is very narrow. And it's very hard to walk on. It's got many twists. It's got many turns. It's got a bunch of different pathways onto it, and basically obstacles. You've, you've got to watch your feet the whole time to make sure you don't fall off that path, that you're walking on that path at all times until you reach the finish line. And I know I'm walking that path. Um, and to me, there's not much peace in that. Does that make sense? I think as a Christian, you're supposed to be able to walk on that path path and the peace is that there's alligators and everything else jumping out trying to bite you while you're on that path, but the peace is that God's always there to make sure that you don't fall right. That's where the peace comes in at. I just don't think I've learned how to um, implement God into that situation to where I'm walking this path thinking it's just me walking the path, and then I don't implement. That's where I maybe lose that peace. But to me, I've been thinking a lot about that lately because, as I said earlier, he says he finds that peace in atheism and stuff like that. And there's something that's trying to pull me off that narrow path, like I said earlier. And to me, the narrow path isn't very peaceful. What's your perspective on that, Mark? Peace is, for me, is just directly proportioned to my uh, surrender. Yeah. Um, and that that was the thing for me. I I think that all children go through a time of rebellion. Um, they learn from their father. They're instructed. They're told. They're disciplined. Um, then they think that they have enough information to make the decisions on themselves, and they usually judge their father. Um, and they. This is my story anyway. And then 
I rebelled and I had no peace, none. And, um, it wasn't until I came back into alignment and submitted. Um, whenever I say yes to God, I get peace. It's the argument and the no. And, and, you know, some, do you still say no to God sometimes or is pretty oh, yeah. much? Yeah, I still say no. Okay. Um, sometimes, you know, Larry asked me to go to a Bible study and I told him no. I said, no, you'd you have me choking church seven days a week. I want to say something, Larry. <laughs> I want to say something about Larry. It's okay to tell Larry no sometimes. Right, right. I know. I, know. I, I, read, I read a book on Christian boundaries. It's, it's okay to have boundaries. Yeah. It's okay to say no. Larry knows this. That's Larry's why he boundaries said, no, are no. like this. I didn't know. No, I he didn't, just advised. I didn't condemn him. No, he just No, advised. he doesn't. He said, he said, no, I don't feel like a denied. And I said, okay. Right. I'll, I'll and, see you okay, later. it's fine. God's not going to be mad at you for very see, long. But that's, yeah. that's what people like Mike have heard all their life. That's what they say that all of us sound like. Yeah. I don't do that. Right. I no. invite people to church all the time. Mike, do you see a way, do you see a way back to Christianity or do you, I don't even want to say that. Do you see a way back to God ever? I mean, uh, you'd have to do a lot of explaining, I guess. Uh, I'm, and that's the thing. It's like, I just can't rationalize a, a good God existing. Could a, could a, a, a God exists or a creator that uh, doesn't have anything to do with human affairs. Could there be something, you know, you hear uh, the, the apologists argue for like a, you know, a first cause or a, um, you know, necessary being. And it's like, uh, could that exist? Sure. Um, but I just don't see, you know, getting to heaven and, or something like that or meeting God and um, having him, you know, the ability to intervene, but didn't, and, you know, could I believe a, a God existed? Yes. Would I turn my life over to him and start worshiping him or it? Uh, it would, that would take a lot of explaining and a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, rationalizing, I guess, or a lot of, uh, yeah. I don't hey, know. I'd have explaining to. Hey, man. You. Hey, man. They do a lot of that in church. Why don't you come on over and be <laughs> in, buddy? <laughs> we'll help you. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> we have actually, uh, we have actually had like, We've we've had a pagan witch come to this church that we've interviewed before. Um, atheists. I mean, by the way, hey Jess. Yeah, if she still watches. But yeah, so if you ever decide to come to church, I mean, I'd at least take you to di dinner afterwards. So, well, I appreciate that. We yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and of course, yeah. There's there's uh, apologist ways to get out of it. There's things that you can read around in the Bible. Of course, there's contradictions, but there's no erasing it at this point that i can see you yeah know, fair it, enough so it's it's uh it, you know it, people will say that you know you went you went to the wrong church or you went you were part of the wrong denomination um but it's all the same bible essentially so i don't know the problem I, that's i'm not going to offer an answer to that nope. um, I, uh, here's what i do know we've we've interviewed you know, almost you know jesus read the king james version right <laughs> yeah sure he did um <laughs> so here's what i the conversation me and Mike had earlier about the whole denomination thing, it's just something that me and him are kind of looking at each other, and I guarantee we won't even talk about it whenever we leave here. Every talk that we have about the show is like right here because we want it to be authentic. But, yeah. well, no, we do have some off. Very rarely. We do, but we do. We do have some discussions off. But. Mostly we just make fun of everybody's way of dressing outside the church. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
By the way, yeah. very boring visor today. Sure. Very boring. Yes. It is. Wife, you think so, too? This okay. Is a, this is a wife. I have a right. question. This is a wife. But hold on. Let me finish this real okay. quick before, Andrew, you get to yours. Um, and then we're going to do our rounds, and I'll let you ask the question there, okay? Um, so, yeah. So, me, me and Mark just kind of noticed over the last, you know, almost 50 episodes or whatever is that most of the people that don't believe in God any longer that we talk to didn't really come from just like a traditional Christian upbringing. It's either been Catholic. Um, I don't know what a Lutheran is, but it does. Is it, is that traditional? It's close yeah. to the Catholicism. They still practice a lot of the same religious tenets, don't they, Mike? Uh, so basically, we uh, Lutherans they don't acknowledge uh, the holiness of Mary. They don't acknowledge um, saints as being like a holy or something you could pray to. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> we don't do like penance. Uh, we don't have crucifixes because they worship the risen Lord. You know. They can. They would consider a crucifix an idol because it's you know Jesus isn't the dead man on the cross. He's you know the risen Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't see any crucifixes or anything like that in the Lutheran house or Lutheran church. Maybe some um, fish, but, but not, but not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crosses for sure, but not. Yeah, not the uh, not the actual crucifix. So but you don't have a problem. Similar. You don't have a problem with Lutheranism then, in per, in particular. Uh, I mean, you it, probably do, but like not, any more so than you, other religions. Other Christian, well, other Christianity. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the more benevolent ones, I would say. Lutheranism, you know, hard, yeah. I mean, you, we you still have some evangelical Lutherans, but from my experience, it's more like the, you know, the the church crowd that goes on Sunday, um, and then goes out to breakfast afterwards, and they don't see each other again until next Sunday. You know, gotcha. Um, okay, let me let me get to this because we're at one thirty-four. We're actually running a little late. So what we do at the end of every show is we go around the room and we say something in parting. Um, and then because you're our guest, you'll get the final say at the end of the show. Um, okay, so we're going to go ahead and go around the room. Um, make it quick, though, this time, guys, because we're running just a little late. And by quick, Larry, you don't, you don't, Larry seems like he's got a long one. So let's give Larry a long one this time. He didn't talk that much this episode. So, okay, Mark, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I helped some people in recovery, Mike, and I appreciate what you shared. i I deal with a lot of people when we're some of the tenants. One of them is that uh, you have to have a relationship with a power greater than yourself. And I see a lot of people that have, that are completely powerless in those, in their lives because they've been hurt and then they set themselves to judge God, Um, judge God by the actions of what man under the guise of God with authority and permission from God. In other words, religion, man is grouped together and done, um, all the hypocrisy, the pain, the misery, and then judging God himself. How can you make one baby this way and you not show up for the other baby there? What about the women in Israel being raped right now? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I get that. I, I get the temptation. In fact, I've been there. Um, and I guess for me, I, I just, you know, just one thing that just kept occurring to me over and over again was, was, you know, for me, and you can do whatever you want. We're not changing each other's minds here. We're just talking. <laughs> um, is mm-hmm. I had to get right-sized. And, and I guess that's what you've done is you've, you believe that there is no hierarchy. Um, to me, I can't. He, he created the game, the whole system. It's not my place to judge him. Um, in the end, it's my place to have a relationship 
and try to submit the best I can to his will for me, which luckily is not the Old Testament will. It's only two commands. Love thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul, and all thy strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. And um, that's what God instructs me to do. And, you know, Christ himself said, my yoke is, my, my burden is light. And if you do those things, then, you know, you don't really have much to worry about. Anyway, I, I just wanted to uh, to say I identify. I've been actually standing right where you've stand in, as far as some of the intellectual uh, conclusions that you've come to. So it's been really interesting talking to you. Okay, Angela, I had a question. Yeah. So my question was, is you, you said you had kids. So what if one day your kid comes to you and really wants to know about God and does it want to believe the things that you believe? Are you, what is your advice to your child about that? And how would you proceed with, with uh, showing them the true God? Well, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, shy about my beliefs either. Just like you guys, you know, would tell them that this is God. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to say as far as, you know, we can tell nobody has proved that, you know, God exists. A lot of people have a lot of different beliefs about it. If you feel like you want to pursue any of them, you're welcome to look into it. Um, you know, I'll be here if you have any questions, but, you know, just make sure you get both sides of the story, not, uh, not listen to just, you know, theologians and not just atheists or um, anti-religion people. But yeah, I mean, of course, I'm not going to just, that's a big problem of religion too, you know, with, uh, you know, and it's not every denomination again, but a lot of them out there, you know, whether it's Amish or Mormons or they'll disown their children because they left the religion. Uh, and, um, yeah, I would never, that's part of the harm that I see in it. And I would never do that because, you know, my kid could become a Christian and I would, you know, whatever Islam, he could join, be a Muslim, you know, I'm not going to not consider him my child anymore, (laughs) but, um, you know, of course I'm going to give him my perspective as well, just like any other parent would. There you go. Okay. Angela, that, was that it? Okay. Uh, Larry. Along that same line, Mike, what would you do if they came to you and said they wanted to uh, practice witchcraft or maybe paganism? <laughs> I don't know en- enough about those. I mean, um, as my thing is as long as they're not hurting anybody, as long as they're not hurting themselves or hurting others, um, then they should really be able to do what they want. Um, if you want to you learn know, again, something I'm, about witchcraft, we have about – what did we just say? 25 episodes uh, on here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, you know, even, even Satanism, at what point do you decide that your child does Yeah, that's not, enough. Yeah. What, at what point do you decide that your child should not be allowed to um, exercise free will? Yeah. Is there a line there? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I think I just said, like when he's, when they're causing suffering to other people, I mean, well, Satanism first is just, is, uh, a label for an atheist organization. So you could be a member of the church of Satan and most of them are atheists. So probably talking about like an actual devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, if they're, if they're actively seeking out to sacrifice children to the, the devil, then I would definitely uh, recommend some mental health, uh, some wellness checkups and stuff like that, you know, but uh, as far as, you know, if they want to sit in the room and think they're casting spells, I don't think it does anything. So I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, if they're, well, you know, if they're, I mean, if they're trying to invite a, a demon, I guess I don't, that's, uh, 
I don't believe that that stuff exists. So I, you know, what, what, what are they hurting by doing that? I don't think anything is going to happen. So, but if they're <laughs> killing babies, then we got to draw the line there. Right. Oh, right. right. That's yeah. Of course. Funny. Like, yeah. And if they're, like I said, if they're, if they're, you know, bullying or, you know, anything like that, where they're causing pe- other people to suffer or, you know, even if they're, um, I guess trying to promote their, these things that, you know, uh, would cause suffering, I guess, like if they're out there joining a, uh, KKK rally, then I'm going to, you know, obviously voice a more vocal opinion about that. I'm not going to physically stop them. <laughs> you know, obviously, like, I'm not going to force them or tie them down or tie them up in their room uh, or lock them in their room and make sure that they never see anything outside of the outside of their room. But, you know, um, I, I don't, you know, I it's okay. not really a thing that I'm that concerned about at this point. They seem like pretty good kids. So well, the <laughs> second question would be, have you were did you serve in the military? Did not. Okay. The reason that I ask you is because we do that for our rights in this country so that uh our freedoms in this country can still be exercised. Unfortunately, a lot of guys give up their life for that. Um another way of that is, you know, we we served so that you could have the freedoms to tell us how wrong we actually are. You know, and we yeah. have to, we have to, we have to sit there and take it. That's one thing. The other thing is, you know, that's how God kind of put this thing together. He gave us free will. And at the same time, I'm not, I'm not here to convince you to become a Christian. I'm just here to love on you no matter what, no matter what your opinion Appreciate is, that. no matter what your thought process is, I'm still to love you for you. Dang and that's, it. and that's exercising my free will. My free will says that I'm going to follow after the father because I've been far enough away from him that I stood in no light. And now I am in the light. I don't have to convince you of it. That's God's job. It's not my place. Um, I typically read a couple of verses and I found in first Peter one. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, in, I'm waiting for someone to say no, and then yeah, I'm no. just going to be like, you're going to have to read it anyway. <laughs> well, I got free will, and I, I served in the military, so I got the right. I meant that in humor. Okay? Like, um, what's that show? Earmuffs? That, oh, old school. The movie yeah. old school. Earmuffs? Yeah. And they told the kid, put earmuffs oh, on. Oh, earmuffs, yeah. yeah. Okay. First Peter 1, 24. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is is like the flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Yes, it was. Now in 1 Peter one twenty four second. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're going on. Sorry. 1 Peter 2, 7. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe... The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and the stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They will stumble because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. Sometimes reading these gives me, you know, a sadness. I don't want to say mm-hmm. that I have all the answers. I really don't. 
I do know for him, for 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 Zach Lutheran was the first derivative, one step down from Catholic. Martin Luther is actually what Lutheran is about. Okay, he stepped away from the Catholic mm-hmm. Church because he didn't believe in a lot of this stuff. They did. He mentioned, uh, or I'm sorry, um, you mentioned Mike on uh, Catholic Church. You know, reading to him and. They had the advantage because they knew how to read. Mankind has done that from the get-go. The ones that make the rules are the ones that overrun everybody. We act like slavery has been abolished 150 years ago when the Civil War was here. That started in America. It took the other parts of the world to catch up with us. We started Mm -hmm. the freedom from that particular type of slavery. Yet we stand as slaves to our government. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be a slave to God. That's who my master is. But I appreciate you coming on, brother. Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll be quick. Um, I I noticed something today because we've interviewed. Um, we I say we're relatively experienced in this now. Um, almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done over, what is this, Larry? Is this 48? 48 interviews? Yes. 48, you're our 48th interview. And I noticed something as clear as a bell today that okay. it's never, it's never more tense than when we have an atheist on here. That's when it gets the most tense. And that's so strange to me because if you were to think about this when we first started, you'd think that like a Satanist or a witch or someone like that, where the Bible completely um, calls out that stuff, you know, and somebody that's basically serving our enemy per se, they're literally worshiping our enemy and far more tense with atheism. And that's just, I don't really have a point or anywhere I'm going with that, but I just noticed that today and I think it's worth looking into. And I think maybe it, it maybe it is because like, he really is, and it's hard to have a civil conversation with someone that is against everything that you believe in. Yeah, but there's a difference between not believing and helping others not believe. Right. There's a difference there. And you get offended by it. You don't like that I, at all. Of course I don't. But right. at the same time, I'm not here to judge him. And and I, I battle my flesh yeah. just like everybody else out here. Yeah. I battle my flesh to the point that, I make it submit to me. To, it's to almost the will of my father. It's almost like you feel like he's attacking your God, right? But like Mike, you don't you don't view it as that, right? Like you're not going are you going after God or are you going after us? Like No, well, no, no, I don't believe I don't believe a God exists. So well I, well you know, the, well I, you don't believe, are you going after us? Like do you no, wish No, no. I'm going to no, ask you, so that, I haven't asked this thing. in a while. Would you, if there was a petition to abolish Christianity, would you sign it? No. That was quick. No. And I'm not going, and I'm not going after, uh, yeah, because then that's just a slippery slope. Then who decides what people can learn or learn about or practice or whatever? I mean, it's just a slippery slope. Um, could I, could I, could I sign something that says maybe, you know, don't push kid push it on kids until they're you know of a certain age that they can make a decision whether or not that might be something but abolished completely no um but no i'm not and i and that's my thing that's why i'm a humanist i love people i love you know i want to that's why i like doing this i like having those conversations i like listening to people i you know 
I think you guys, I think you guys are probably great guys. I mean, whether it's on the podcast is what you portray in real life. I'm sure it is. I'm sure you're genuine. Um, I would have any problem going to grab a, a beer or dinner with any one of you. No. Could we have a good conversation about things that don't relate to religion at all? <laughs> probably, you know, so it's not, it's, we have, I think people have a lot more in common than we have not in common. Yeah. And religion kind of blinds us to that where we're told that they're the other and that we're so different than them and that we're, you know, we, they believe something completely different and they're completely wrong. Whereas, you know, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Confucianist or anything like that, mostly we just want to, we want to be happy. We want to be taken care of. We want, uh, uh, you know, to be loved by other people. We want to, you know, if we're some, most people want to have a family and kids and um, we want to raise them right so that they're happy. We want to protect them. We don't want them to get hurt. We, most of us don't want to hurt other people. So it's just, it's, it's that, I mean, that's, yeah. And that's what I think, whether it's, you know, I don't, I don't think most Christians will are doing it or are intentionally causing suffering. Um, and I don't think that they're doing it with a malicious intent or anything like that. Well, just like, I know that you aren't trying to evangelize or convert people to Christianity, uh, because you want them to be hurt or suffer. I think you, you think you're doing a good thing. Um, and I'm doing this, the same thing for the exact same reason. I think I am doing a good thing, you know? So it's, well, I think I'm helping people the same way you are. We genuinely believe it's true. That's why we're doing it. Like we genuinely that it's not for our own personal gain. Like it's because we believe it's true. But and, you, don't, you don't want anybody to go to hell. And, and if it is true, I think it's a big deal. I, I don't think you should blame us that we're doing it. If, if, if it really is true, then what we're doing is necessary. Right. Wouldn't you say that? If it's true. If it's true, I mean, right? Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, if it's true, it's 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 critical, man. It's a big deal, big, big, big. It's the yeah. biggest deal. Nobody's deal is bigger than this. <laughs> I haven't done a Trump impression in a while. It's huge. No, nobody has a bigger deal than this. I've just, I had the biggest deal. It's the biggest deal. Nobody has a deal like this. Not China. Not Russia. Kim Jong Un. It's probably the biggest deal. I don't know. I've been working. I've been working on it. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, um, so we're at the end, and the floor is yours. Everybody said their things. Um, I want to say thank you for coming on, man. And anybody who's friends with Dustin's a friend of mine. And I got to say, you've been a real nice um, guy as well, just like him. So, um, and I appreciate you um, giving us the opportunity to have conversation like this. But with that being said, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, I guess I, you know, I think I said most of what I wanted to say, you know, I, we didn't get into the weeds all that much, but, uh, the, uh, um, I just guess, I guess I'd say, I appreciate you guys giving us the platform. I think, you know, that's a big thing is allowing, like you said, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, churches and stuff just, uh, and, you know, believers will just shirk off an atheist or, uh, an unbeliever as, um, you know, somebody who's stupid or somebody who, uh, you know, things that God exists or with, you know, they want to be worldly or they want to live in their sin. Um, so I'm also trying to break that stereotype. You know, I'm not somebody that's out doing drugs and drinking, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a wife and kids and very loyal and love them very much. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm just like, just like any Christian for the most part, you know, if you met me on the street, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you know, that I was a Christian or an atheist, you know, it's not a, it's not, and I also don't think it's a uh, conclusion that I didn't rationally arrive at through, um, you know, years of research and thinking about these things and thinking about philosophy and thinking about psychology. Um, so, 
and I guess, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm, I don't think every, every religion is, is bad, but I do think just the, uh, just at the core, um, believing in things that, uh, you don't have evidence for just opens that door. Cause if you don't need ev- evidence to believe something, well, then you can believe anything. Um, so it's just a, a, an epistemology at the b- very core level, whether you're believe in reincarnation or whether you believe in, uh, you know, witches or spirits or whatever you want to, or a higher power, or the energy or the vibrations of the universe, you know, if you believe in something that doesn't have evidence for, but you allow yourself to believe it anyways, that just opens the door. And that's just that, you know, like I said, that's why I say I'm an anti-theist, because uh, I just don't, uh, I just focus on Christianity, of course, that's what I know the most about, it's what I came from. But I just think even, you know, the Buddhist reincarnation thing can be harmful. One, you're giving, you know, uh, believing in something where there's no evidence for, but also like the reincarnation, if somebody's in a bad spot or they're a bad person, you think that they deserve that as opposed to, you know, um, just happenstance being born under those circumstances. So it, 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 it eliminates your empathy for that person. If you think, you know, somebody that's living in squalor deserves that because of what they did in a previous life, well, <laughs> you're not going to have as much empathy as if you think, well, they probably had a rough time. You know, they may have some issues going on. Let's see if we can help them as opposed to write them off as being that's what they deserve. It would be really cool to believe, though, that someone that you really, really don't like comes back as like a frog with two legs right next to a snake's <laughs> den, dude. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> Admit it, Larry. That'd be that. cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did have yeah, one more question. Okay, Angela, one more question. What is your wife's beliefs? Does she believe in the same thing you do, or is she uh, what like? What yeah, does she she's, believe? She's a she's a little more open to like a like a a guiding like a she doesn't she doesn't believe in Christianity. She's not a Christian. Doesn't believe in a God, but she's a little more on the sense of like spirituality. She, might might wear a good luck crystal or something like that, or she might you know. Um, so it's not. But yeah, it's not, she's not fully spiritual. She doesn't think it's going to make it like a, she doesn't, she's not going to like, you know, take a piece of rose quartz and think it's going to cure her cancer. But uh, she's open to like that there being something, some kind of deeper meaning to existence. But yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's not, she's, a, she's opposed to Christianity. Um, she didn't have the same upbringing as me, so she's not as passionate about it. And she's not, just not as interested in, in the topic. So she doesn't know as much as I, so, you know, trying to talk to her about what, you know, what happened and, uh, you know, what the difference is between the gospels. She's not going to really care or know. <laughs> Fair. So she doesn't take it, doesn't take it that seriously. But, um, yeah, she's also what I would consider her, uh, an agnostic, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I appreciate that, Mike. I, uh, thank you again for coming on, man. And we're up one fifty five, So we got to, we got to buckle off here. We're going to go over that two hour. All right. <laughs> thank you, man. And I'll, I'll, uh, this episode comes out next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central. Okay. Sounds good. All right, brother. Take care, man. Thank you. Right. Yep. You too. There you go. Mm. Mike is, <clears throat> I feel like, uh, I'm like, no, oh, 35 and just got done spending four hours at the local bar with a philosophy major. Yeah. Exhausted, yeah. worn out, a yeah. little dizzy. I get that way every, every week. Yeah. I, I mean, it's okay. That's just me. I love him. Like I said, I love him. I, I just, he's an iconoclast. He's, and that's his religion 
it seems to me, and I'm not saying these in judgmental ways, but I was asking, you know, what's your resolution to things? Where do you go? What's your hobby? <laughs> and yeah. it, it's, it's teach it, it's somewhere. There's something I just, Mike, I hope you, uh, I hope you forgive whatever it is that's there. And you, you know, really, I hope you forgive God. That that's you what think I, there's some sort of resentment there towards the religion towards God, or God, yeah towards God Himself. Gotcha. I, I um I I I can detect it because I felt it in my own heart before, and unfortunately for me, the only resolution was I hadn't suffered enough. We I, had um we had, had to a, suffer some pain before I came to the point of. But yeah. that's my story. Doesn't have to like he said. It doesn't mean that he's off losing control exactly. of his life. He might have it all sold up. He's a humanist, man. He's a good guy. He opens doors for old women and and uh, helps people uh, walk away from from God and Christ and and believes that religion is the evil. You know, is I, I maybe that's. I'm, I guess I'm just trying to process out loud how that's See, a design for that, living that works. That's the difference between the way you saw him and the way I saw him. The way you saw him is that way. The way I see it, because he actively deconstructs others. Right. He's actively going against God that way. Right. I mean, that's that's a serious accusation. I guess why would you spend your time doing that if you just didn't believe? Yeah, if you didn't right? care that there was a God, you don't believe that there is a God, I you don't like religion, just stay the heck away from it. Why, well, I guess I understand that he, he believes it's harmful, so that's he's helping. Yeah, why is it harmful? Why, why does he believe it's harmful unless he and was why, harmed? Yeah. That's why I'm saying there's a, yeah. there's a bitterness, an underlying current, and this is what God has really been talking to me about through multiple sermons here is there's a, the dangers of bitterness and it's, it, it's a corroding thread, man. And he says all those things, but I, I would really wonder if there's not something deeper. It's a bitter part of his heart. And I remember that's what I meant by forgiving God. It's been letting go of that bitterness. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. It, I've just sitting here thinking, but it's been several months and months and months ago, 20 episodes or so ago. But, and I'm sure I've told you guys this, but I'll say it again. But there was a guy or girl that we interviewed. And like the day before the interview, before we interviewed this guy or girl, um, he or she was on, it was a he, I don't care. I don't care. I'll even say his name. I don't care. I'm not, but I'm not going to, but I would. But I saw him talking about something big that happened to him in his life. And TikTok has this feature to where you can be scrolling through. And if you click on the live, your name will pop up that you're in his chat. But if you don't click on it, if you just stay on the front page, they won't be able to tell you're watching it. You can watch it. So I was sneaky. I was sneaky and I was watching it. And he was opening up about something that big that had happened in his life. And I, di I didn't get the nuts to bring it up during the interview. But it was huge. But in Intestinal fortitude. But I, right, there you go. I only have one in real life anyway, so, like, it just kind of matches with the whole thing. But anyway, so, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so I couldn't, I didn't get up the nuts to ask him about that or interject that into it, but I asked in a roundabout way mm -hmm. about it, and he lied. Like, I pretended like that, that didn't even just brushed it off. And I always wonder 
And I always wonder, everyone we've interviewed since then, if there's something like that going on that they just brush off and then don't want to talk to us about it. Well, because I, technically you would if you would have to address that. You have to address that. That is it. I don't care if you've had a kid that died or if you've had a mom that died early or if you've had a big disease. You know, you know what the most common one is? You have to address that. Right. That that does play. I don't care what you say. It does play a factor in your deconstruction. I don't care what you say. You That's it right. may be subconscious. It has to. So you have to address that, but he didn't feel like addressing it, so he skirted around it. I see. I cannot tell you the countless amount of people. I mean, I know personally 15 um, that that I've seen that have deconstructed the relationship with God and then sought help and tried to reestablish a relationship with God. And you have to face those things. You know, I mean, for me, that's what kept me on that side was I had elevated myself in prideful arrogance and judgmentality over God. I can't do that. That's a life that I that I'm just not made to live. Yeah, maybe he is. I wasn't, but it, it my life kept getting steadily. It it was just a life of futility. That 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 is what it ended yeah. up being very futile. Another thing that it might have been is the guy knew that we were going to hone in on that if he brought it up. And so he skirted around it for that reason. So I'm not saying that he knows that that's the reason why he deconstructed, but he knew that if we addressed it, that it would be a valid topic to talk about. So I've always wondered in episodes past when I'm talking to someone like Mike or Dustin or somebody like that, but Dustin opened up about his Mm -hmm. Dustin laid it all out on the table, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but he doesn't believe that had a, factor in it i'm right. thinking about now probably that probably did dustin was just very open about how he talked to god said hey man you know to me in my head if if and we've talked to buku people here if we if a, if a person was sexually molested inside the church okay which we've had several of those and then took that internalized it was angry at god because their prayers weren't answered Okay. All right. I don't know why they had to go through that. I don't. I'm not saying we tend as humans to blame God because he is in control. But at the same time, everybody has free will. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when, when, uh, when they take and they interject into somebody else's life and lead them further away from God, I believe they've done the same amount of damage as what was done to them. You believe they're, you believe they're after that vengeance subconsciously. I don't know how that plays out. I'm what I'm saying is that they are doing the same oh. as the what was done to them. Gotcha. And I don't, okay. I, get I don't what mean you're it. I, and I, I'm not saying it's all malicious. Like, you're like, not saying it's malicious at all. Yeah, yeah. I was sexually abused. Now I'm going to, you know, now I don't believe that there's a God. I'm going to ter- turn you away from God. No, Larry, that's it's, it's, up. Even though it's not sexual in nature, yeah. it's still messing with the psych- psychological that, attributes of a person and controlling and manipulating the same way that this happened, this happened. That's backed up by research. Any, any person that's gone through trauma will keep 
many times reenacting that trauma, revisiting it subconsciously over and over again, trying to claim control over it. So they'll recreate the same sort of situation. So, so we're you, not you, saying you're my, saying that's backed up. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I don't. I don't have knowledge of do, that. Do you guys I mean, agree with the statement? My opinion. I made earlier that um, when we interview atheists like that, it's far more tense than any other group of people that we. Yes, yeah, so I felt. I, just the, I felt the tension in me because it was me that I was trying to control, but I didn't realize that y'all were feeling the tension as well, well until my, you my, said something. I saw the look on your face, and then I felt like I always feel like I was going to have to control it. And I don't know if you noticed me switch my mic off because that was God putting me like, "Hey, in check." There's the control. Right. I turned my mic off. I took my drink. I was like, I popped in a piece of gum and sat back and I said, you got this. Right. But, and I was very proud of how you but did at, that. At the same time, when you first asked me for a comment, you said, and I, and I just kind of went like this and bypassed you, you, it. You said no, no but no, I knew that no, wasn't the time. You'll get this. My angel was mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. pulling the reins of my mouth. No, I could tell you were okay. like, you were right. like, not right now. Well, okay. I can't how, say anything right now. How do my, you, how do you. How do you be taught something that you wholeheartedly believe and then find somebody that is stands completely against it and doesn't even believe any of it is real? And, and if it is real, that means you worship uh, some kind of satanic sycophant. How do you, that's a very large gap to, to, navigate i want to bring up this is the the tension does go yeah i want to bring up this is the second time and i don't know what this means at all i have no i don't even have an opinion on this at all and maybe it's very simple but where he started um describing at the end there his lutheran upbringing he started saying no we don't believe that we like he was still in it and we had one other guy that was raised mormon that said that same thing that like he was still in it Right. professing atheist, but still like we actually, you know, we actually don't believe that what we believe in is, you know, like he was still actively in it and he was like associated with him. He did that same thing. Like he associated, and maybe it was just because he had been in it so long. Maybe that's all it is that he had been in it so long that he still like partially identified with it. But I just find that it, it catches my attention. Did that catch right. your attention as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. One one of the things, and I'm and I'm not trying to, please mis don't misunderstand me. I am not trying to talk down on non veterans. I was proud enough to serve. I, w- I was able to serve. I was not in a war situation. I did everything here, literally here in Oklahoma. But I still think about those guys that were drafted in the military, sent over to Vietnam. They did what their government. It, sent them to do they they were under orders they followed the directives that they were taught and what they had to do then they come home and they have people spitting on them and calling them names yeah and to the point that it's like 50 years later you still got hardness around those veterans because they didn't do what I mean, they did what they were knew told to be to right do, and yeah. told to be. Yeah, okay? they didn't but, make but, that decision. But you have people that have never been in this situation Yeah, over there making accusations that they have no idea 
It's so, crazy you brought this up. We should probably wrap this up. But I was thinking about this today, right? What would be the solution to people not understanding what you just said, the military side of things, and also what I went through in law enforcement? Because it's clear that the problem that these people talk about these things so much have never experienced they don't understand it well you know I, what korea does south korea does do you know what israel does you know what you china, go ahead with south korea south korea you know forces every man mm-hmm. into two years of service so, the moment they turn it's 18. not it's not just men in israel i think germany every child has to serve two years men and women wow man and woman i think germany does the same or if you want to go to college you have to go yeah. do the service I just think that'd be a great idea that if 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 you went through that, if you did have an opinion on it, then at least it would be from a place of experience, not just shooting from the hip. Well, how many of these useless politicians shoot from the hip without any experience, but they sit there and tell, ah, oh, don't get me started. Do you know how hard it was for me as a chief of police? I, first of all, I was young. I was the second youngest chief of police in the state of Oklahoma. Do you know how hard, it, in fact, I, it didn't work out because I couldn't take directives from a guy that had never been even in the passenger seat of a patrol car. You're going to tell me how to run my department? Even I, though that's I, the landscape of it. That's your boss. You're yeah, supposed that, to. That was the problem I had in the, uh, in almost every job that I had, if yeah. that person was a, a college graduate and never actually did the job, then I'm going to argue with them. Yeah. We got to get out of here. It's two, yeah. Tim. We got it. We got to wrap it up. Sorry, guys. Sorry. We're in the middle of a conversation. We, but we got way over into one, our opinions. One last thing, stuff. Mike. One, one, it's Mike, right, that we just got through talking yep. to. We absolutely in no way are insinuating that you were sexually molested. No, 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 no. no. We're just we're talking just about We were talking about past. We've noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're in talking past. about past. I, I, we've yeah. got a list of them. I did yeah. not. I hope I didn't imply that. So no, no. Thanks I, for pointing no, it out. No, just general. That's, yeah, we just lumping in experiences from every other episode. Disclaimer. We, we just, exactly. we just haven't thought experiments. That's all we're doing. So, yeah. but yeah, again, thanks for everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Larry, say your thing. Jesus loves you, and so do I. And thank you for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.